And you were going to ask me a question. What was it? Um, I think there's a lot of uh, events like um, in history in our lifetime or in our parents' lifetime that they're always like, people are like, oh yeah, I remember exactly where I was when that happened. Do you remember, uh, this would be October 1st, 2017. That would be the, the Mandalay Bay uh, shooting in Las Vegas. Do you remember what you were doing that day or what? I don't. Really? No, I don't. Well, for us, that would have happened in the middle of the night. So I didn't hear about it until the next morning. So right. I was probably in bed. Yeah, you probably were. I was still up. I remember I was uh, I was browsing AR15.com, the general discussion. That was when I was on the forum still over mm-hmm. there. That forum, they just have, like, everything. I mean, if an event starts happening, they just have coverage of it. It's insane. Funny enough, that's what I'm on right now. That's where I've been. <laughs> There's a couple of threads on there that are, like, 700 pages oh, long yeah. on this that yeah, I've been looking through. It's crazy. There's a ton of information on there. But, like, when that, when stuff like that happens, they have, they'll post, like, um, feeds, live feeds to it and stuff and, and at videos, um, moment at the moment stuff are happening. It's freaking crazy. Um, so I remember I was at home. I saw this was happening and I was following it in real time. You know, I was watching, you know, the AR15.com, the forum. They were updating everything. I was, there was videos coming out of it and stuff. Um, so yeah, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. Um, if you guys, if that doesn't ring a bell, obviously it's be the Las Vegas shooting in, in at Mandalay Bay. I don't know who doesn't know about it right. at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> it's impossible not to know yeah. what it is. Uh, it ended up he ended up uh, killing fifty nine people um, and and injuring hundreds. It was like five hundred injured or something like that. Yeah, rather rather from if it was uh, bullet wounds or, or shrapnel or trampled. trampled or I wonder how many of those were trampled. Probably a good portion. Probably, probably. Um, I don't know. That's a, it was the weirdest freaking one of the weirdest incidents, mass casualty incidents or the weirdest incidents in United States history overall. I think it's just freaking, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason or anything to it. The incident itself isn't that odd. It's just everything surrounding it. I think the incident itself is pretty odd too. Really? I mean, it doesn't, uh, I guess we'll, uh, yeah, I do. I think it's, I think it's all strange. Like the, the guy that perpetrated it, Stephen Paddock, he was what, like in his sixties. Yeah. He was wealthy, a millionaire. You know, he, he had a, a seemingly good life and there's no, there was no, after months and months of research, they told us absolutely zero reason for this to happen like there's no official yeah the official fbi report is like no motive we found no motive for this right and that's what's so strange there's always a motive it was just like they're just saying oh well he just snapped and but who yeah that's what it's that's what's so weird about it like that i think uh, the closest thing to a motive that i found that people were saying was to get back at the casino or whatever. Like, he, he had a gambling problem and he lost a ton of money because in 2017, I think he said he was worth like $2.1 million. And then he lost most of his money. He was, at the, like, at the time of his death, I think he was worth like, I think I only had half a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, that's still good. Oh, yeah, he was definitely very well off. But 
and he was comped. He was the one of the rooms he was staying in. He was comped because he was kind of a high roller down there. You know, the a lot of the other players didn't know know him because he just played single video like video poker. So he didn't. But the the casino workers all knew him because he stayed there frequently. But it doesn't make sense any to me why he would be getting do that and get back at the casino. You think? Because he didn't shoot anybody mm, in the no. casino. That doesn't make like, that doesn't make any sense. What kind of <laughs> like I'm gonna get back at this casino, so I'm gonna kill a bunch of people at a different venue from this venue. Yeah, yeah, and and he scoped he scoped out other venues and and events too. Like mm-hmm. there's one in Boston and another in the in the Las Vegas uh, area. And but I guess before we dive any further into everything, um, like let's just kind of go over what what exactly happened, like the, the official timeline. Um, and one of the weirdest things, too, and why everybody doubts what actually happened is the timeline was constantly changing throughout the investigation, and they could never really settle on an official timeline. It was very sketchy. Um, so where do you want to start? Well, let's just start, like, at the attack, like when it initially started happening. Um, so the the, the shooting... It occurred on the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay. He busted out a couple of windows, and he was shooting out into the what? What uh, the Route 91? Route 91 Harvest Festival or whatever. It was in the Las Vegas Village, is I guess is what they call it, the village area. Okay. It's kind of like a, a just a big green space, a field. Kanye and uh, I was going to say Kanye. Kanye. No, Kanye <laughs> didn't have anything. Jay- to do with that. Jason Aldean was playing at the time. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty close to Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and the shooting happened uh, from 10.05 p.m. to uh, 10.15 p.m., and this was all on October 1st, 2017. So um, I guess, Box, I'm just going to kind of go over initially what happened, and you tell me any discrepancies that you see in the, your timeline to mine. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's, I'm sure that your article came from... All my information, so yeah. mine's just probably more in, in detail, I guess. So shortly before 10 p.m., uh, hotel security guard Jesus Camp- Campos, uh, he was sent to the 32nd floor to investigate an open-door alert. Um, so he was trying to go onto the 32nd floor and found that the the door he was trying to go through would, would not open. He found an alternate route, and then, then he went and discovered that that door he was trying to go through was was screwed shut by an L-shaped bracket. So we, <clears throat> I don't know how much detail we want to get into. That that uh, stairway that he was trying to come up to, that was the stairway that the, the strike team breached later on. That mm-hmm. was right outside Stephen Paddock's door, room 32-135. So okay. that was like two feet away. Stephen Paddock's door was here. The double doors were here at the end of the hall. The stairwell that the strike team came through that breached his room, was right here. Okay. That was right to the left of Stephen Paddock's door, just so you guys know what's uh, going on here. Yep. So Campos, um, he found that that door screwed shut, and then um, after he reported that discovery, um, he heard what he thought was a sound of rapid fire coming from room uh, 32135, which is just the 32nd floor, room 135. Went to investigate the matter, and then at approximately 10.05, he was hit in the right thigh by about one of 35 bullets that fi- Paddock fired through the, the door of his suite. Um, 
It also, I, I don't know if it says it here. Yes, it does. He said he believed he had been hit by a BB or pellet gun, which, which I found very odd. I found that kind of humorous too, but it, he was struck by bullet fragments, which I can see because Paddock was firing through, through, the door. through the door. Yeah, and I'm sure he wasn't using, I bet he was just using cheap ammo or whatever, but still it'd be full metal jacket stuff. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, a splinter or, or a particle or of a bullet or some, some shit. Um, at that point, he took cover and immediately informed the hotel by radio that he'd been shot. Um, at the same time, another ma- uh, maintenance worker, Stephen Shuck, was on the f- same floor um, that Camp- Campos was on. He and Campos encountered Shuck, and then he told him to take cover, yada, yada. And then uh, Shuck informed the dispatchers over the radio about the ongoing shooting and told him to call police. Now there is what the timeline, a big change in the timeline. One of the discrepancies that was going on was when Campos was actually shot, whether it was after the initial shooting started or before, uh, because there was like a six minute discrepancy in there between some of the, the initial reports and the official report. And that matters because whether he reported it, um, six minutes before, well, they know exactly when MGM called 911. So they're saying if, if, uh, Campos reported this and they did not call the cops, that the hotel would be liable for a lot of those deaths. And that's why there was, there was such issues, um, with that discrepancy going on. Um, so then, Paddock, he had used a hammer to break two of the windows in both of his suites. I don't know if we had mentioned that. He had two suites at that time. Yeah, uh, they were adjoining rooms, and 135 he, and 134. And 134 would have been directly across from the stairwell that the strike team entered. Okay. And he uh, he was staying in the one room and then uh, he that was comp to him. And then the other room, I believe he checked in like a day ahead of time in that room as well. So he was occupying both of the rooms. And I believe they had a door that opened between them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct. So then he busted out two of the windows, one in each of the suites, and began shooting at 10.05. He ultimately, ultimately fired over 1,000 rounds uh, at approximately 490 yards to or excuse me, 480 yards to the festival uh, audience that was going on down there. Um, This article says he initially started off with a few single gunshots before firing in bursts that ranged from 80 to 100 rounds. There was, after they um, uh, breached the the room, they did find find a ton of weapons. There's, what they say, like 43 weapons in there or something? No, there wasn't that many. 27? I I can't remember which it was, 27 or 40, something like that. It was like 17 of his 24 confirmed that they had found there. Okay. Like, they found, I had notes on this. But I forget. Yeah, I found a list of all the weapons too. But yeah, it was it was only, it was less than twenty, I think, in the room. Okay, but a lot of those there were um, there was a list of them actually. Um, but there was mostly AR-15s, five five six AR-15s equipped with a lot of uh, bump stocks and hundred round magazines. There was some three hundred eight um, guns mm-hmm. there, but I don't believe that those were any of those were used. I could be mistaken on that. That was another thing I found. <coughs> they apparently the FBI somehow found out how many rounds were fired from each particular rifle. I should have saved that that chart, but I didn't. And there was like some of them that were only a few rounds fired, which 
I mean, at the fuel tanks, he fired eight rounds or something like that. Right. So he could have, that was obviously a 308. But that, I find that kind of odd because he wasn't reloading. He was obviously going from fucking gun to gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why else would you bring around 20 guns? It seems, it seems quicker to reload though. You would think. But then you got to deal with heat issues and stuff too. Because if you're firing 100 rounds through an AR-15, most of them are not heavy barreled. You know, they're pretty light barreled generally. Um, I don't know. I don't know this, but the, most of these ones probably were. Probably medium barreled uh, ARs and such. Those get hotter than hell after a burst of 100 rounds. So um, maybe that's why he was doing it. Um, so, yeah, he busted out the windows, was shooting over 1,000 rounds. Um, many people in the crowd initially took it, mistook it for fireworks. It's very weird. Like you watch a lot of the videos and there's people in the crowd is that, what is going on? You know, they can't put two and two together that they're being shot at. Very strange. Um, but he was shooting until about 10, 15, um, during these pauses, during reload. And while the assailant, the assailant was confronting Campos. Um, he, cause it sounded like he was shooting and then he was shooting back into the hallway too. Did you find out how many bullets he fired back into the hallway? I, I saw something around, it was like 300, which is a, I saw the, I, well, I watched, I found a channel on YouTube that uploaded, they submitted a FOIA request to the department, to the police department, and they received all like hours and hours and hours of badge cam footage and i looked through i was watching i've watched a lot of that like the strike team that came up from the stairwell and shit like that and you can see the door there's not that many bullet holes in it i mean they're i don't know 20 30 40 somewhere in that right but it wasn't like a long sustained amount of fire that he shot through the door i don't think there's not that many bullet holes you can see it and in the report i think there's photos of it yeah, I, I I saw some official photos. Uh, if you if you Google um, inside his room, I believe that was some of the photos in there. Um, so then he was shooting until ten fifteen. Um, he also shot. Uh, he fired eight bullets at a large fuel tank at, at the airport. Uh, hit it twice. One penetrated, and one did not. I believe, like Box said, I believe those were three oh eight. Oh, one actually got through. I didn't know that. I believe so. Yes, but jet fuel. Contrary to most people's um, expectations and movies, when you shoot a fuel tank like that, it doesn't just randomly explode. There's not usually enough heat generated to to cause a situation like that. Well, looking at the bolt holes too, there there's quite a bit of burning around them, so it could have been incendiary rounds. Hmm. That could or tracer rounds. Yeah, that's true. Because he did, he did purchase some tracer rounds, um, so that could have been, that could have been possible. Um, so there was a lot of confusion, like where this was all happening. Like nobody knew where it was coming from. Like you see all these videos, and I never saw one video that was like, "Oh, this is exactly where he's coming from," which is strange because he was firing a hundred rounds at a time at some circumstances. Like you'd think you'd be able to pinpoint it, but. Knowing how Vegas is, I mean, there's buildings everywhere. Um, the the sound reverberating and echoing off the buildings really make it extremely difficult to to pinpoint where that is. 
Um, so the police had a really difficult task of even finding out where the hell it was coming from. They should have known almost initially, though, because or uh, immediately, because if Campos reported he got shot through this door. Yeah, that's that's one thing that a discrepancy between my article and yours. Like I have the official report, criminal investigative report from the Las Vegas police department and he went up there investigating this hot SOS alarm at room 129 on floor 32 so just a few floors away or a few doors away from Paddock's door a hot SOS alarm yeah it's it it lets him know like like you said if there's a door open too long or something okay which he had been assigned to like five at that point and the way they found the way they handle those apparently is just awful like they assign someone to them and then they immediately check them off as oh we already checked that checked that even before they before they've, 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 they've been checked, checked. yeah right You're just like oh i don't know why they do that but well it's usually it's not anything nefarious it's a bunch of partiers you know going out to get ice or something so i don't they probably don't treat it too you know oh still yeah but anyways he went up to check that he found that door that stairwell door was locked he went up a floor on the service elevator, walked over to the guest elevator, walked down to floor 32 again, and then walked over to room 129, checked it. Then he walked over to that stairwell door, which is right in front or right left of Paddock's door, and he found that it was barricaded with that little L bracket thing, which I found pictures of that too, which it was a tiny little thing. You could have pulled that door open if you if you tried very hard at all, which I think they that's what they actually did. And it was when he, that's when he called in, um, that engineer Shuck, I believe. And he started walking away. And he, that's when he found, that was at like 20, at, at 1006, I guess. I, I hate how this one is, this isn't military time, this report here. Mm. So I don't know how to say, like, 2206 hours, is mm. that how you're supposed yeah. to say it? At 1006 is when, Apparently, he noticed that there was rounds being fired, and he called his dispatcher and said, hey, there's shots fired in a 32-135. So almost immediately after the shots were fi- the, the shots started, this Campos guy apparently called it in, right. and he was, he was shot. He said, this is the room it's in. <laughs> This is where the firing is going on, and he told his dispatchers that. Right. Well, when did the dispatchers call nine one one to alert the police? Did that 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 say? I that I don't have. This is that's not in this report. So yeah, so he radioed in radioed it into the hotel, but the hotel still had to call nine one one, which would have been getting inundated with a bazillion other calls at that point. Um, so I could understand like the confusion of you know sorting through everything. I don't know if it would have been though. That's that's it. That's a minute after the shooting started. I don't. People at that point were still confused and thinking it was fireworks at the at the at the venue. Yeah, but 50, 60 people, fifty nine people were killed. There would have been people dropping. Like you would have known there would have been some there that knew that this was not fireworks. That this was people being shot and those people would have called it in. That's I would, true. Um, I mean, it's tough to say. 
obviously a lot of people, a lot of the police officers were, were complaining about being able to get over the radio and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know when, how long that actually took for the things to get, for the lines to get yeah, bogged and up. Just, I know like from personal experience, when there's a crazy situation going on, the radio is just freaking insane. Like you can't barely get on it. You can't make out, you know, there's just traffic is just continuous and it's extremely difficult to, you know, to establish what exactly is going on on the radios um, a lot of times. And I'm sure this was exactly the situation for, um, you know, the, the police radios at that point um, down in Vegas there that night. So um, uh, what else you got? Uh, any other discrepancies on the timeline? That oh, where did we, mind? where did you leave off? I forget. So at, kinda... at this point, at this point, uh, he, the firing has had ended at 1015. Okay. Um, and he, he shot the was the the tanks that he shot at the last few shots. I don't know. It doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter. No, the last shots it said was he, according to my report, was at ten fifteen. It says Paddock fired two separate volleys of an unknown number of rounds into the Las Vegas Village area. The last he didn't fire the fires that the shots he fired at the tank were all between. They were at 10.09. Okay. So he fired eight shots in a minute at the fuel tank and missed six of the times. Okay. Um, so at 10.12, and this had been just before he had done shooting, two officers were on the 35th floor, 31st floor responded to the sounds of gunfire on the floor above them. They arrived on the, that floor at 10.17 p.m. and encountered Campos a minute later. And he directed them to Campos' room and helped others evacuate. Campos was then directed to seek, seek medical attention because obviously he had been shot. Um, between 1026 and 1038, additional officers arrived at the 32nd floor. Some of those manually, some of those officers manually breached the door. Paddock had screwed shut with his bracket. Bracket. It sounded like they just used a, some sort of halligan tool or a pry bar or something. Um, the gunfire had ceased and the police systematically moved down the hallway, searching and clearing each room using the master key they had been provided at, by, by Campos. And at 10.55, the offers, officers finished evacuating guests. And then not until 11.20 did they finally breach uh, the paddock's room, uh, at which point he was found dead on the floor with a self-inflicted gunshot from a revolver and uh, apparently shot himself in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to my understanding, those officers that actually breached were not. It wasn't like a SWAT team. It was just a a, a hodgepodge of officers that happened to be. There was one SWAT officer. There was one SWAT officer, a sergeant, another officer, and a detective that made up the strike team. So it was just kind of a hodgepodge of people at that point. Um, at ten eleven twenty seven, officers announced over the radio that the suspect was down. And in which case, that pretty much um, is the the end of the attack part of the the scenario. And then obviously, you know, you get into the 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 aftermath of trying to save. And there was a lot of um, pretty heroic stuff that came out um, after the fact that we, we're not we don't really need to touch on too much of that. But I think there's a quote by what is it, um, Mister Rogers? I believe it is. 
he says and stuff like times like these that are tough to make out any any good like and it's so confusing and weird just look for those people helping and i always thought that was an interesting quote of and it was especially relevant in this in this sort of situation because there was a lot of people that were literally running through gunfire you know grabbing those people and there was one fella i don't have any of his details right now but this is just something i i read in the past um that he was loading people into his truck and I think it was, I can't remember. I think it might've been like Toyota or something. Mm. Just loading people into it and taking them to the hospital. I think, I think that truck was stolen. I think he uh, yeah, stole that truck he to did. do it too. He did. Yep. It was a stolen truck. Now that you say that. And eventually that story came out and he was awarded the manufacturer of that truck awarded him, just gave him a, a brand new truck mm-hmm. for his, for his efforts there. So, and there's, there's tons of stories like that. There was, uh, I watched a video the other day of, or yesterday of, uh, a boyfriend or a husband, I believe, holding on to his wife and he was shot and he saved her, you know, and it was just so many of those stories. So I always thought that was a cool quote, um, by the good old Mr. Rogers. Um, but down to the investigation and, and stuff, just the weirdest freaking, there's so many, strange ass things going on um like this is this was super hard for me to nail anything down because because like i would i would latch on to something be like ooh, this this is really interesting and then i would get down to the bottom of it and be like okay that's a that may be a little too far-fetched so i would waste hours and hours researching something that i ended up finding out or ended up thinking was just like okay this is a little too conspiracy ish right for me and there's that's that's everywhere like yeah. every single situation surrounding this you can dive down and be like mm, that sounds like an awful lot like a conspiracy to me right like there's saudi princes and stuff involved and yeah they were saying on four floors above him and the theory was that uh he that Something that had to do with an assassination attempt on the Saudi prince. I don't know why they would yeah. shoot hundreds and hundreds of people because of that. But, uh, yeah, very strange situation. But there's a, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, what's it called? Occam's razor or Occam's razor? I have, but I'm not real familiar with it. It is the, the theory that the simplest, the simplest explanation is uh, usually, yes. is yeah. usually the correct one. Generally. Um, but that's the thing about this, this particular scenario. There's no, everybody wants like a reason. They want closure. They want an explanation onto why he snapped and why he did this. And there is none. There's no, there's no good explanation. Like there's some theories that, you know, it was, a he, he was just a depressed, uh, gambling alcoholic that wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. But that doesn't like, I don't understand that. That makes no sense either. Um, then there's other theories like the Saudi Prince one or a failed FBI gun deal with terrorists. But those don't make any sense. Like, why would they have to, you know, you had a failed gun deal. Oh, let's just shoot a bunch of people to cover this up. Like, that doesn't. That doesn't make any sense because obviously it was premeditated because he had cameras in the, in the hallway on a food cart that he had asked the, the ushers or whatever the fuck they're called, the room service attendants, yeah. to leave there. Right, and like, that's one thing we didn't time we did not say. Um, that's how he ended up shooting Campos initially because he saw through these cameras. Yep. Campos outside his door, 
He had and he had one on the food cart and one through the peephole so he could see down the hallway. And then he had monitors in the room that he could watch these and and see when the police were coming up to his room. So it was heavily premeditated. But yeah, it's just freaking crazy. There's nothing in this guy's past that makes any sense. One the thing that was I did find very interesting, his father was actually a bank robber. He was on the FBI's most wanted list from 69 to 77. Like what in the hell? Like that it's it's things like that that make you go, "What?" Like how like stuff movies are made of. Like a bank robber on the most wanted FBI's most wanted list. Like really? Yeah, no shit. And he ended up, uh, the night he was caught, he ended up trying to mow down an FBI agent with his car or whatever. And he was clearly a psychopath, too. Um, but maybe that's the, explica- the explanation. Maybe this dude was just a straight psychopath and wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. You know, you know, you know, no. You don't know. That is, I mean, that is odd. Like every other shooting that happens, you almost immediately, the FBI or whatever, they dig into that guy's past immediately down to his childhood. And they're like, oh, he's bullied. He had mental issues. They almost they almost immediately have an explanation for something that could explain it. But yeah, he was definitely disturbed. He had some issues going on. This guy, I mean, yeah. He, Clearly a whack job. But yeah, obviously. But there's nothing in there that, that screams mass shooting. Right, and he had he lived in nice homes. Um, some of his neighbors were like he was a weird guy, super standoffish, super anti people. Other one of his other uh, neighbors were like, oh, he was nicest guy, you know, open and warm and loving. His and his brother, who looks very similar to him, his brother was totally flabbergasted by this. It's like this makes absolutely no sense to me. He totally caught me off guard. You know, he didn't see anything that could possibly gave him any clues that he was going to do this. Um. And I think that's why this has just been, there's no closure. There's no reason. There's always, there's usually some sort of, like the Colorado nightclub shooting a few weeks ago. Like that dude was like the gay, in the queue, the gay nightclub or whatever. Yeah. And like that dude's father was like, what What the hell was his deal, the, his deal with his father? Like beat him or? He beat like, his mom all the time and he was a porn, he did porn. He's a porn, his dad was a porn star? Yeah. Just very weird, like, and that's usually the situations, you know. And the only weird thing in this guy's past is his dad was an FBI, or uh, you know, on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, so it's just very strange. Um, one of the other the very things that made people go what, like Campos, like he was really the central part to this investigation, um, and he had. He had five interviews lined up because obviously, you know, he was the guy everybody wanted to talk to. Nobody else really knew shit. And all of a sudden he disappeared. Even his his union rep was helping him through this situation, um, lining up interviews and stuff and deciding which ones the best were the best ones to go on. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. He was gone for like 17 days. Nobody knew where he was. And then. He blows off all those five interviews on this, you know, that would have been good matches, you know, may, would make sense for him to go and have an interview on. And then he appears on Ellen, of all freaking a, a midday talk show that's mostly humorous. It, it just makes very, it's just very strange. I saw something, too, about him that, like, he wasn't even a registered 
like a licensed security guard in the state of Nevada, and there was no information of him at Mandalay Bay, like in their employee database. Like his name was there, but nothing else. No really? picture, no date of birth, no social security number. That was the other thing, too, I saw. Like he shared a social security number with somebody else. What? Yeah, I didn't look to, that was something I just came across this morning because there's, I mean, <laughs> I've been looking into this for a while and there's just so many aspects to dive down in. Right. Can't get into every single one of them. But. And it's impossible to, to verify something like that because we don't have access to people's Definitely. social security numbers. So, and that's the problem too. Like so much of this information that you find online is non-verified and you're like, it's just websites don't have to have any proof and they, they're claiming it. Uh, so you don't know what's true and what's false. And yeah, it's just and a there, shit show. That's another reason why it's, it's odd is so much of it gets deleted. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's, they've deleted countless cell phone videos and shit like that. All like half of the videos or half of the articles and stuff that I come across or references to it, I click on the link and they're like, this has been deleted. Right. Like almost all of them. Yeah. Why? Like they, if they're so blatantly false. Yeah. The videos, uh, you can't find any videos. The only videos that I found on YouTube, which I, I kind of understand this, there was nothing. It was just people videoing. Everybody's like, are those gunshots? And they would show people scurrying around, but there was nobody on the ground. There was nobody knew that they were shooting in the crowd. Like it was just super, they deleted all of those, all of those videos that like, you know, so they're, and I, like I said, I understand they're going to delete videos that show blood and gore and stuff like that, but they deleted so many videos that showed, uh, even just gunfire, you know, of uh, that clearly showed that what sounded like there were two shooters. Like there's tons of those videos used to be around. And now where you go to research that, nothing you know i have there has been a few that haven't been deleted such as the one from the cab that was in the the porch area right which is very odd to me like but like you were saying earlier it could have been him firing into the into the hallway right but it sounds awfully like something coming like shots coming from the distance and then there's no echo yeah to me and i'm i have some of these videos bookmarked i'm going to try to include them in the video I'm not going to guarantee that I can do all of them, but I'm going to try to include most of what we reference in the video here on YouTube. So there, and as he's talking about gunshots and the echo, there was a lot of videos like you hear, like he shoots a 10 round burst. And then shortly after you hear the echo of that come back. So it sounds like, yep. Oh, there's gotta be two shooters. But then when you stop and think and realize, Mm -hmm. okay, this is just the echo. But then I ran across one video where it show it. You can clearly hear, him shooting shortly after it was another burst, but it doesn't line up. It's not the same. Like there's, there, there was, it sounds like there are two shooters. So the question becomes, was this just him shooting? And then he turned around and shoots towards the door again, thereby giving the illusion of, you know, sounding like it was a farther away because the muzzle blast would not be coming out the window or, or what's going on there? I I don't know. It's very... I find that hard to believe, though, because there was officers in that hallway for... I uh, Man, like I said before, I watched a lot of batch cam footage and, like, double-checked it with my note, my 
timeline and everything, there was officers in that hallway for at least 37 minutes. Right. But there wasn't, they weren't, there was only, at most, there was only like one. What do you mean one? Only one officer. It wasn't until 37 minutes before they breached, at least 37 minutes before they breached, that there was a group of officers watching the door. They didn't, and I think he, the door was breached, what? Uh, at 11, 9 till 11.20. And he stood, yeah, so an hour and five minutes after. So they was they were at the door at like, or in that hallway, 10.30-ish. Uh, well, yeah, it, it says the officers, let me see, uh, officers arrived on the, th- on the 32nd floor at 10.17. Um, and then I believe he stopped shooting, though, at like... At 10.16. Just was, before that. That's another, uh, Yeah, I have two different reports here. One was like in the initial, and the second was the one that was released like a year later. Yeah, so he was done shooting at 10.15. So a couple minutes before the officers ever got up there was when he was done shooting. Um, so what was what would he have been firing at the door for? It was, I guess was what I was getting at. If there was no other officers in that hallway, right? Cause and he, he knew a, that because he had two cameras looking straight down the hallway. Right, it's just why, a would long, he, why would he be shooting in the hallway if there was no yeah. officers in there? The only uh, There was one officer... Probably 10, 15 doors down, prone on the ground. But that was well after they say he was dead. Was there an official time of death? Did they ever, ever like, hear a gunshot that no. would have killed him? No. All that, I, the only thing, the weirdest thing that I found that stood out in the report itself that doesn't make sense to me, not comparing it to anything else. Is they say he stopped firing at ten fifteen, mm-hmm. and then at ten eighteen, they say the heat detection indicator from inside the room detected no further movement or no further readings or anything like that. No heat signatures. They have it's like you know how smart AC works. Like it's attached to the to the thermostat, and it detects if there's a body in the room, and it runs if there's given on that. Yeah. Okay. So if he was still shooting at ten fifteen. And he killed himself at 10.16. His body doesn't cool down at, in two minutes. Body's still going to be hot. It's still going to read. When did you say that it said that there was nobody else in there? At, at 10.18. So three minutes after, he was still firing volleys at the village. It uh, says that there's no more heat indication. I wonder how that works because he shot himself and then was laying on the ground. Maybe it's meant to detect anybody walking around or moving? Surely not. What if you're in there sleeping? Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. Also, did you see he had a breathing apparatus? I did. And I don't know how it worked. It sounded... Well, he had like a he long... Like he had a scuba mask or something and like a long shot long vac hose. <laughs> and a fan on the other end, but he didn't use it. No. So I don't know if he was just used preparing, anticipating tear gas or something like that, or he just thought that there was going to be a lot of smoke from all the firing, gunshots, and stuff. I, well, he had the breathing apparatus and a bulletproof vest. He did have a bulletproof vest in there, supposedly. I didn't. I never saw that. So, hey, I don't know. 
It's just very. But uh, everything I was seeing too said he wanted to go out on his own terms. He wanted to be be able to control his own death. So if he was planning on fighting, I don't I don't get that. If he was, maybe he brought maybe. a pistol for his own suicide, but he killed himself an hour before anybody even got in the room. Or before even anybody even attempted to get in the room, before anybody was even close to the room, they were still 10, 15 doors down. Right, but maybe he just felt like, okay, I accomplished what I wanted to do. I'm, there's no need for me to hang out any longer. and just That could be. Uh, also, strangely enough, after officers breached it at 11, uh, what they breached at 11.20, um, Paddock was found dead. Uh, and also, so there was... Um, an accidental three-round burst shot by one of the officers. I never found that. It I kept seeing it, reports of it, but I never saw it in any of the any of the badge cam. Oh uh, yeah, that's weird. Um, where was this? Which we don't get the badge cam of the first member through the through the door. I think it's like the third guy through the door that we get the badge cam of. Police uh, then breached, and while entering the hotel suite, an officer accidentally fired a three-round burst from his weapon. Did not hit anyone. Uh, but then you click the link, and it just goes to explain three-round bursts on weapons, so that doesn't really say, that doesn't help. Oh, thank you for that. I, it's not that obvious what <laughs> three-round burst means. Yeah, uh, very strange. Um, one thing I also noted, he shot over a 1,000 rounds. Mostly from the same area. Did it look like there was a thousand rounds worth of spent brass on the floor to you? You know, thinking back to it, not really. I'm trying to. I'm. I can try and scroll through here, but I don't think I'll be able to find it. But thinking back to the picture I found of the brass on the floor, there's not very. It's definitely not a thousand rounds. Maybe, maybe a couple hundred. Right. I'm trying to think of a thousand round case of. Uh, uh, shells dumped out on the floor would be a lot, and there's not nearly, may you know maybe a hundred, two hundred shells on the floor total. One other thing, I don't know. If, oh yeah, there's that picture. Yeah, there's. I don't know. They're all over, but there's. It doesn't look to be a thousand to me. No, I don't think so either. It doesn't it doesn't add up. I forgot what I was going to say before that. Uh, oh yeah, that's. That I found odd was that the all his guns were just randomly placed all over the room. They weren't right by the... Why would you have that? Like, I have one on the bed on here. I have one on the chair over there. So I have another on the floor over there. So he has to just wander around all over the place. I'm, that that confuses me. That is confusing. But if you, if you listen to the whole entire video, there was a lot of times where he wasn't shooting. Yeah. So, I mean, he could have just been... I don't... That's a stupid way to do it. Very stupid. Like, you'd think you'd have everything staged. Like, I'm sitting right next to you and just grab one after the other. That'd make a hell of a lot more sense than throwing a bunch on the bed or, you know, all over the place. But, of course, we're assuming he's thinking logically, which if if this is taken on face value and this was just Stephen Paddock going crazy and wanting to kill a bunch of people, obviously it was not thinking logically. So, I mean, <laughs> we can't make sense of... Right, his psychopath. thoughts there of why he wants to place guns just randomly around the room. Yeah, um, the initially what started uh, my interest in this again, obviously this was five years ago, but I, I ran across a video 
um, is talking about forensic acoustic proof of a second shooter in the in Las Vegas massacre. And what this guy did, he uses uh, forensic analysis of the cell phone videos, and he is um, talking about lag between the between the shots fired and them hitting the pavement. So if you know when a shot is fired, like you can hear it on video, and then you can either see or hear the uh, round contact contacting the pavement, you can uh, figure out the lag between when it was shot and when it was fired or when it hit the pavement. And if you know how fast that bullet was going, which is these were all two twenty three five five six rounds, you can figure out how far it was fired from. So what this guy does, and Box, um, I don't know if you should include this video in the in there or not. Maybe we'll just try and put it in the show notes. But what this guy does, he went and analyzed it, and he found that a lot of the shots were fired from 475 yards, which is consistent with Mandalay Bay, where Stephen Paddock would have been. But then he also found a bunch that were intermixed in there that were fired from 275 yards. So the lag was completely different. So that would indicate there would have had to have been a, a separate shooter because if you science is just saying, okay, this is it, like unless he was using a different caliber gun, but then there was he also said that they were mixed in. So like some like in volleys you could hear some that were not you know that their lag was different from the rest of them. So and then he found out that he looked at a map of the the area and a cer- you know he put in a circle an area uh 275 yards out and, and uh noted specific places where this could the shoot second shooter uh could have been. Uh just very makes things that make you go what the hell. I was did you ever find the full video of that no, All I, I could find to. was excerpts of it. I found it was like a few minute long thing of it. Apparently, there's a much longer video, and all of those that all the links to that that I found were all deleted. This particular video is just on Facebook. I tried to find it on YouTube, but it's nine minutes long. Did you watch this particular one? I may have watched all of it when you first posted it in Slack, right. but I didn't. I, I scrubbed over it again in the last day or so. Right. But I did not watch all of it. So when I first you initially watch this, and you're like, oh, yeah, the science, it's right there. You know, it makes sense. But this guy, I looked into the guy that made this video a little bit. Um, and I will say initially, he looks like a trustworthy guy. You know, and what he says checks out. It makes sense to me. But I started looking into him, and he owns uh, naturalnews.com. Um which you go to their about section and natural news is a science-based natural health advocacy organization led by at activist turned scientist, Mike Adams, the health ranger. It sounds like reading that sounds like he's a lefty nut. It does. Not going to lie. He talks about, um, what is it? Uh, natural news covers holistic health, nutritional therapies, consciousness and spirituality, Permaculture, organics, animal rights, environmental health, environmental health, food and superfoods, and performance nutrition. So, yeah, he does sound like a like a tree hugging nutbag. And then I dug a little bit deeper, but some of the articles, like on the front page, like it's, it's some pretty fucking weird. Like 
stuff that screams, oh, maybe I shouldn't trust this dude. Yes. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find one here. Um, uh, let's see. I, I found some uh, some ones last night that were pretty crazy. I think it's been updated since then. Um, let me find one. I'm not seeing any right now, but uh, also at the the bottom of the um, about section, it says that this uh, website is often quoted by Infowars was one of them, mm. which right there makes you go, ooh, well, you know. So I don't know what to think of that video. I I did watch a video that was referencing that one from someone who claimed to be like middle of the road and say, I don't really have a stance on either on. I don't know what happened here in Vegas either. Right. Who claimed to debunk that whole video saying, I don't know. There, he like, he didn't have an answer for it, but he said, this video doesn't really make sense because all the videos that he's referencing, referencing, they're at different locations. Like he's assuming that it's all coming, like the, all this audio is coming from one point in the central, in the center part of the of the venue which is not true that's people coming like all over the place people on the street people over by the airport people on the on the west side of the venue people on the east side of the venue right so that so the different areas would be different different uh, yes. lags yes it would sound like the bullets were coming from you know different distances away if you're in yeah that makes sense i guess but i don't know the video that he made I get it. It does make sense. But <laughs> but this guy is also not a scientist. He's not a forensic acoustic uh, scientist or anything like that. He's That's just true. a random that, guy that did this all on his own. And the other part of it was that he pointed out was um, he didn't provide any actual like video or audio evidence. Didn't provide. He just, no, said, he just said this, this is, is this is what I found, but he doesn't right. show anything. Which that itself is kind of suspicious to me. Yeah. But I mean, maybe he's just not great at providing evidence. <laughs> right. Um, I believe he believes that, but I, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, legit or not. Um, there's also a, uh, if we, I don't think we explained how bump stock works in this video. Obviously, the shooter used bump stocks. What that is, and they're now outlawed because of this specific instance, is just, uh, it basically harnesses the recoil of your weapon to help you move your finger on the trigger faster, essentially. Um, the stock moves, and you hold your finger in the same place, and the stock moves back and forth. It forward, bounces your finger bounces, on the trigger. That's a bump stock, yes. Most of the videos you see are... Uh, I don't know. There, there's a there's a theory going around that 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 shooting was done with an M240 fully auto automatic, and there you line up. They take an M240 shooting and they take up a, a certain part of the video of the uh, one of the strings of fire that he's done, and they line up absolutely perfect. The string of fire is exactly the same. And usually, when you fire a bump stock, uh, a bump stocked AR, it's a pretty speedy fire. And this one, like most of his shots were not that fast. It wasn't a high rate of fire weapon. You know, it was, seemed pretty slow. But then it did alternate heavily, or it did change uh, 
speeds in several areas. Very, like it was. A v- it's a very obvious. It goes from like seven, eight rounds, ten rounds a minute or second to fifteen, sixteen rounds right. a second it, it over changes. like in the same volley. It varies greatly, and I don't think a regular old belt-fed machine gun no does that. No, but. Of course, I'm not One thing expert. I did notice too was he had a lot of bipods on, and I initially thought, well, you can't fire a bump stock on a bipod. Turns out you can. I did. I did a little bit of research, and there's videos of people firing bump stocks. Oh, on I thought a bipod. you did it yourself. Uh, no, I bump stocks are a legal box. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. No, uh, but yeah. So that's and that was usually the thing. Every time you come across a smoking gun, you're like, oh, this is it. Then you do a little bit more research and you're like, oh, this, there's some way to explain this. There's a logical solution for this or a, a logical reason for this. So just, just, a this kind of a, maybe this isn't the right time for this question, but myself after, as I've alluded to already in this episode, I've watched a lot of badge cam <laughs> footage. So after all your research, do you believe Steven Paddock did all this? I'm not saying not like forgetting um, all the all the conspiracy bullshit like motive and all that stuff. Do you believe he was the shooter? All the evidence that I see points to yes. I haven't seen any smoking gun that says no. The only thing that makes me question it is it doesn't make sense. But all the questions that we have left. Right. But life doesn't always make sense. There's things that happen that there nobody will ever be able to explain. What is your thoughts on it? Do you believe he did it? Yes, yeah, so I was think I was laying in bed thinking of this last night. I, like after l- looking through everything, Yes, I, yeah, I believe he was the shooter. I believe he did it. And I do believe there were bump stocks involved. That's just saying that I believe he did it, not that I don't believe there was other things at play here. I'm just saying I believe it's plausible he was the shooter in this situation. Right. Everything I've seen has pointed to that. There was... Both of his rooms were locked. That's in the that's in the report, which is not to say I trust the report one hundred percent. But they could tell the hotel can tell when those rooms were locked. They were locked before the shooting were started, before before the shooting started, and before Campos ever got up to that floor. So he never left because after Campos got up there, there was someone in that hall at all times. Whether it was Campos or Shuck or the officers that showed up, there was someone in that hall with eyes on that hall at all times. So unless they went out the window or through a f-ing air conditioning vent, which that's not <laughs> I really feasible. No, I don't think that's the case. This the isn't movies. this isn't Die Hard, right? So I think he did it. Whether there was other things at play there or other, I can't say other other shooters. Yes. In different areas, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think he, honestly, when I started the research on this, I did not think he, I thought there was, I, I did not think he did it. But the more evidence I see, I just, it, it's all pointing to he did. But they've also had five years 
to tweak that information on the internet to the what they see fit and the way they want us to see stuff. Makes me sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I just it just it just doesn't doesn't not it just doesn't add up. It just stinks. I don't know. I found the yeah list of all the firearms that they had found here. Let's see if I can get the actual number. They found recovered in thirty two one thirty five and one thirty four were a thousand fifty seven shell casings. Forensic analysis was completed on all of the shell casings that were recovered of the rifles recovered from inside. Fourteen were found to have been fired. They found how many? Okay, which is, so he fired over a thousand rounds. Fourteen of them were fired. If they're, all those fourteen were equipped with bump stocks and hundred round magazines, that would be consistent. Just some of them weren't emptied. Let's see if this table shows... This particular table does not show... Oh, it does have estimated rounds. Let's see. Going down, Daniel Defense DDM-4, 100 rounds fired. That said it has... That one had a bump stock. No magazine and a Neotech optic. Neotech, huh? Uh, Yep. Uh, Next one with rounds fired was uh, POF AR with a bump stock. 95 rounds fired and no sights or optic. Next one was an FN. No sights? Correct. There, Which is odd. There was a lot of guns that he had fired, that a lot of guns they recovered that had no sights. The next one was an FN AR with a bump stock, vertical foregrip, 100-round magazine, EOTech, 153 rounds fired. So he, was, re-roll, he reloaded that one. Yep, supposedly. There was another Daniel Defense with a bump stock, How the another EOTech, and a 100-round magazine, 95 rounds fired. A Noveski AR with a bump stock, a vertical foregrip, and 40-round magazine, 33 rounds fired. How would you figure out how, like, obviously, if it has a 100-round magazine and, that you know, they shot 90 of them, you can tell how many fi- were fired, but it would be physically impossible to tell how many rounds were fired and reloaded out of one gun. I don't know how they figured that out. That was one of my questions as well. That's weird as hell. The other weird thing is they don't have sights, and he's firing at a targets over 400 yards away. And they also found they found a note like he had ballistics. Well, uh, right. I mean, they were extremely rudimentary and pretty much useless, but he had, like, bullet drop and... He was like, at this range, fire here or whatever. Like, right. You don't have sights. What the f*** is that going to do? Yeah, you're just praying and praying. Which, I mean, people are stupid, so. Yeah, but you think as prepared as he was, like you would put sights on a fucking gun. Maybe it's saying, maybe it's saying, does it say no sights and no optics? or just It says no, no sights or optics. I wonder if they're confusing, like, iron sights. That's weird. I don't know, dude. That's surely not. I can't, I can't imagine. That, that just makes me question, though, like, very strange that the guy would be as prepared as he was and hey, not, not. I'm just going to go through the ones that he, he, uh, fired here. Uh, 
Daniel Defense he fired had an EOTech. Another Daniel Defense he fired had a scope. Another Sig Sauer 308 he fired had a red dot. The POF he had no sights. The FN he had an EOTech. Another Daniel Defense he had a scope. Another one he had an EOTech. Another Noveski had an EOTech. A Christensen Arms he had no sights on. A Colt doesn't say anything about any kind of sights. It just says 100-round magazine. Another LMT, 100-round magazine, no sights or optics. LWRC had no had an EOTech. A Colt had a front sight only. A POF had a bump stock and doesn't say anything about sights. LMT doesn't say anything about. I don't know, it says it has a, has a, has a scope and a Ruger says he has a scope. That's supposedly all the round the all the accounted rounds that he had fired. Of course, I guess when you think about it, he's there was what twenty thousand people at that concert. I mean, if you're basically just firing in a mass of people, you don't really need sights that much, I guess. I mean, that's sort of true. I mean, at least at the beginning, they scattered pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, the whole thing's just weird. Just weird as hell. Um, was there any other things in the uh, timeline that was discrepancy other than when Ho- that Campos guy was shot that you ran across, or was that pretty much the only thing? Because I know they went back and forth and back and forth on that for a long time. I haven't. I haven't really. Uh, no, I didn't look too much into Campos. Not that, no. I don't have much on Campos. I think you looked in more into Campos than I did. I I got more in the rabbit hole of, <laughs> of uh, the timeline itself and the badge cam and right some other shit. I spilled pop all over my laptop. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, man. I I don't know. Like I like I said, I initially started off thinking that this wasn't wasn't perpetrated by uh paddock but the more i think about it and the more i like everything just says everything just points to it i guess that's i would say i would say he did it what so you don't have anything else about or do you do you want to dive into some other yeah stuff let's or? dive in yeah let's dive into some of your uh stuff that you ran across um well one of the things that i was one of, let's go with the least the, the most the most boring part of this this investigation but still intriguing was they had recovered a uh a couple of laptops obviously one he was using to live stream the cameras what's going on there don't oh i thought i thought you had forgotten to record it i was like you fucking asshole <laughs> But they had they had uh, recovered a couple of laptops in there. Obviously, one he was using for live streaming the cameras that he had in the hallway, and the others. The others they said they recovered a disassembled laptop missing the hard drive on the floor, and in the report they said that he had searched for where is the lap or where is the hard drive on the specific model of hard drive. But they never recovered the hard drive. So he disassembled this laptop. 
remove the hard drive, and then it just disappeared. Maybe threw it out a window, and they never... Yeah, that's strange. Why would he do that? Trying to cover his tracks when he... Well, on the other laptop, they also found, supposedly, several hundred images of child pornography, which is like kind of like the go-to now, I think. I never... Whenever there's something f***ing sketchy with someone where they're like, ooh, somebody doesn't believe this guy did it. Let's say he's a pedo. Yeah, you're not wrong. They, I, ne- I had never heard that up until this point. Yeah, that was that was on the report. Wow, I did not know that. They also, on these laptops, well, I guess this wasn't on the laptop. This could explain the missing hard drive, though, was his brother, Eric. When they were interviewing him, he was seemingly very upset with him, with, with Pollock, because he thought... Paddock. Yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. Because Stephen Paddock had did his brother's Eric's taxes and cheated on them, and he thought there was evidence on this hard drive of that, and that it was going to f- Eric over. And then he found out that the hard drives were removed, so he didn't have to worry about that, and he was relieved. And he quote he said quoted maybe he did care about us after all. So this guy cheated on his taxes on for his brother on his brother's taxes for him did his taxes. I don't know how I don't know why he was doing his brother's taxes. He was an accountant. Was he? At one point, yes. Oh, okay. I I saw he came into wealth through like real, real estate, real estate. Yeah, but he was I'll I'll find where it talks about him being an accountant. You can I can what? You can uh, keep talking about what you're talking about. I don't have anything else to say <laughs> say about this. Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, let's see if I can find where it talks about it. Uh, even though his, uh, just something I ran across here, even though his backyard is up against a golf course, he never played. Neighbors said they knew very little about him other than he, he seemed weird, extremely standoffish, and, and aggressively unfriendly. But then another neighbor... Says he was real friendly, very outgoing, very open about what he did for for a living. Okay, the report here says one of the laptops was on the cart. That doesn't make that doesn't make sense. Maybe he was using that as a, to help stream to the, stream it to the other one. But if one of them didn't have a hard drive in it, how was he running it? How many laptops were in there total? They said two were recovered. One was missing a hard drive. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the one missing the hard drive was on the the cart, and it was just happened to be. But you still need a hard drive to have an operating system. Unless there was, I don't know, a laptop with two hard drives on it. I don't know if that's. This one has two hard drives does on it. Does it? Yes. Okay. A C and D. Um he was a letter carrier for the Postal Service from 76 to 78, then went on to work as an IRS agent. He would then work as an auditor for three years at the predecessor of Lockheed Martin in the late 80s. Uh, he accumulated the majority of his multi-million dollar wealth as a real estate investor. The company he owned uh, included properties around L.A. and sold for over $2 million, a pref- uh, another property 
continued to earn him substantial income of 500k a month when he sold that apartment complex in 2015 he earned an estimated six million dollar profit so i take that back he was not a he was not an accountant but it did say he did work with the irs so maybe i mean Maybe he uh, had, knew about, I, I have no idea, I guess. I find the fact that he worked for Lockheed Martin a little peculiar. Why? Because they're like a defense yes. company. Defense contractor. They produce a lot of... <laughs> yeah, but that was all the way back in the 80s. In the, that was in the late 80s. No, that's true, but I still find it kind of peculiar. Because there's also been rumors out there that he was an arms dealer. Right, and that yeah, that was one of the one of the theories going around, um, that he was a, uh, it was a failed FBI operation or gun deal, and Paddock would make a good undercover agent, except for his uh, gambling and uh, alcoholism, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Um, the let's see there's a bots assassination attempt there's another picture of a bunch of guns on the floor and there's not very many freaking rounds right there on the floor that just doesn't seem like i mean he did fire from two different locations right where why was he firing from the other window because the other window is not as straight on to the concert as i don't know i saw like an overview of it and the angle that it was he had to fire and he was at a Greater than a forty-five degree angle out the one one window, I think, to aim towards the village, right. towards the further back, uh, the room one thirty-four. Yeah. I don't, uh, okay. This says four laptops and three cell phones were located in thirty-two, one thirty-five, and one thirty-four. All of them were given to the FBI. Forensic has been completed, and the results of the analysis listed in the following section. Hmm. Why would he have so many laptops? I do everything on one laptop, and I do a lot of shit. I don't understand yeah, the need for sure. four of them. Yeah, I don't know. The other, the other. Uh, conspiracy theory and i think that's always in the back of our brain was um and i'm i'm gonna stay open to this one actually because you can say paddock did it but it was still a false flag operation uh meaning uh false flag would be um the government does something uh to um make the citizens more likely to like say in this situation, give up their gun rights. That's generally what a false flag uh, s- scenario is. They blame it on a per- certain person when actually the government was involved with it. And there's a lot of there's there's a lot of times when the government, like the the FBI or the ATF, will sell a bunch of guns to a person or get them to sell a bunch of guns to them, and then they'll bust them and charge them with you know, trafficking guns or buying illegal guns or whatever. And a lot of these, there's been situations where, like, the people, you know, they've sold them to a bunch of people, and then, oh, shit, those people used those guns for really bad shit, and the the government was uh, 
directly implicated in it. You know, they were the ones guilty of that was the, um, remember that last year or two years ago, the plot to assassinate or kidnap the Michigan governor. Mm-hmm. Well, the media was painting that as just a bunch of freaking nut jobs. Guess who was at the center of that? The freaking government was the one whipping all these people up and getting them all riled up and was right in the center of that whole freaking thing and yeah. got people to do all this shit. And so it's like they make them commit a crime and then they're like, oh, look what they did. We're going to arrest them, you know? Yeah, I think that's a misconception about, about false flags for a lot of people, mostly that disagree with us and take everything at face value, is they think the government, the FBI just went up to this guy and was like, hey, Go shoot up a bunch of these people. That's that's not how they work. They manipulate these people and brainwash them, and they feed them shit that they don't need to be fed, and they eventually believe that they need to make this choice on their own. It's not like the FBI is just giving them a mission, and they're like, oh, okay, sure, I'm going to go do this and then kill right. myself. That's they They manipulate them into doing this kind of shit. Right. Right, and there's even there's government files on this that were uh, unclassified years ago. I think it was back in the JFK era. They were talking. I can't remember what it is. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Project something. Um, but they were they were gonna kill a bunch of people and blame it on the Cubans or some shit like that. So there would be support for doing something mm-hmm. they wanted to do, and that was passed all the way up the chain to JFK. And JFK was like, "Oh hell no, we're not doing this," and put a stop to it. Shortly thereafter, JFK was killed. Um, so it's clear, like, there's record of the government wanting to do this and be involved in stuff like this. So that is one thing that I will not rule out. I think Paddock did it, but I, I will not say that I don't think there was some more shit going on there. Uh, some influences, um, some people pushing him to do something like this. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, that's pretty crazy to think that someone could be, it just doesn't make sense. I've said that a lot on this show. I know it just doesn't freaking make sense that somebody would just snap and just decide to murder a bunch of people. But there are people that don't make any sense in this world. Well, that's the whole point of this. Why we wanted to do this episode is it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not like no. we have the answers or like, Oh, this is definitely what happened. Or I believe this conspiracy. No, we just want like much of America that, apparently is just forgotten about this like within a week, which is another reason why it's fucking odd. We just want answers. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, want closure, but that's human nature to want closure. But on a situation like this, maybe there is no reason. Maybe he was just a psychopathic nut job that wanted to murder a bunch of people and go out in a blaze of glory. And he got his rocks off doing it. And then right after he killed himself and that was the whole story. Um, yeah, going back to your uh, his father being the bank robber, that was one thing I saw too. Was he wanted infamy, infamy like his father did? Oh, so he wanted to go out with the biggest bang as possible. Well, I'd say he accomplished that. But you would have thought, oh, the FBI concluded that was his motive, but instead they were like, they just didn't tell us. No, I would bet a lot of money that they found a motive. They knew they know exactly why he did this, but they don't want to tell anybody. They don't want to say. Motive being the FBI coerced him into doing it, <laughs> possibly, or a political motive that they did not want to release. I, 
I don't know, because at that time, let's see that back. This was back in 2017. Uh, this was just a year after or about a year and a half after Trump had taken office. I don't know. I we were pretty well about as divided now as we were then, I guess. But I think I don't know. I think they know the motive and they just don't want to say it. I, I came. I was looking this up earlier when we were talking about this. We were talking about Jesus Campos, and I searched this, and I said that they had record of him at Mandalay, but there is no record of him at Mandalay apparently. And this says the state of Nevada requires all security guards be registered with and licensed by the state under the jurisdiction of the Nevada Private Investigators Licensing Board. A number of websites are reporting that Jesus Campos is not registered as a security guard, and you can search yourself at this uh, URL. There's a Daniel Campos, but no Jesus. She said this journalist said she did a search of the MGM employee database and found that Jesus's name does not appear. She visited the house of Jesus and found an armed security guard patrolling. The killer's house was broken into and no one was guarding it. Why is he being guarding being guarded? The killer's house was not was so actually, so Paddock's house. Actually, now that I think about that, I did hear about that at some point. Hmm. Yeah, that's very odd that they would not be. Of course, a lot of crime scenes like that, they just tape off, and after their investigation is over, they just, you know, leave them taped off and expect people not to not to do anything. But the fact that as high, as high profile as this was, and they did not guard it, is kind of strange. Yeah. Very so. odd. But as far as uh, Jesus not being in the registry, MGM, like I said, was trying to kind of, uh, actually, it might have been the pre-show we were talking about that, um, MGM was kind of uh, hiding Jesus because his uh, testimony on the matter really mattered to them. You know that he gave the correct, or at least for them, the correct timeline because it mattered whether he was, you know, what time he was shot, what time he radioed it in, whether the MGM was going to be held liable for this because there was lawsuits that flew obviously after this, and a lot of people sued uh, MGM over this which man like i sympathize like you lost you lost somebody or you were injured you want to blame somebody and the killer is dead but how could a hotel ever fathom that something like this would happen like that it just it doesn't make it, do, it doesn't make any sense to do to go after the hotel to me unless there was some like massively huge region reason why are they reliable? I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see the point of going after them. Well, they think that. I wonder if a lot of re a lot of the reason they think that they're liable is because they're like, oh, it's obvious he was doing so. He was up to something because he carried so many suitcases up to his room. But he did this over the course of several days, and there'd be different employees working. Yes, which is which has been noted that like there's video. It's different employees, right? So why are they to be suspicious? And it's Las Vegas. They go through. I wonder how many rooms are there in Mandalay Bay. There's got to be a thousand. Oh, at least at least I would assume they so, go yeah. through a ton of guests. And, I mean, there's a lot of industries where people are going to Vegas with a lot of luggage. Say, just the one that comes off the top of my head, people involved in photography or videography 
with if you're a cameraman, you have a lot of fucking luggage, like a ton of shit mm-hmm. that you're gonna not just what are you gonna just leave it in the in the lobby? No, you're gonna be traveling with it. You're gonna take it to your room. So what are they at? They're like, oh, this guy has a lot of luggage. He's gonna shoot up a festival. Why would why would you assume that? Yeah, it doesn't. It, 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 like you said, a lot of people carry a lot of shit in Vegas, and especially over the course of several days, that doesn't seem that suspicious. Um, I don't think that they, or even if they did, like, wow, this dude's got a lot of shit. We better report him. It's like, no, I mean, the guy seemed like a normal average Joe, too. It'd be one thing if he seemed like a freaking ISIS terrorist or some complete nut job but he seemed like a pretty normal guy the other thing i did see was somebody was pissed off that the the windows were breakable but he i mean he used a freaking good side sledgehammer there was a it was a, a mini sledge yeah it was a two pound hammer it looked like yeah it wasn't just like you couldn't have just like thrown a wooden chair at it and broke it i don't think it it, it took some i think it took some that, that's the other thing though that they have heat indication in their rooms they have these hot SOS things. They know when the deadbolts are engaged in the rooms, but they don't have alarms and when the windows are broken or removed. Well, they would I find that peculiar. That was part of the they're just stationary windows. And they're probably super strong. I don't think they'd have any reason to suspect they'd ever be broken. But yeah, two pound sledge, I mean I don't know. That's someone to look into, I guess. I didn't look too much into that aspect of it, but And I mean, the they were I imagine they're probably laminated. Oh, yeah. Like safety glass. So he would have had to really tear at them because they were most of the way broken out. It wasn't like tempered glass where you just hit it and, and it explodes. Shatters. That would have taken a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how long he did that before he started shooting. Whether that Because you would think, I mean, it's always lighted. The, the, the hotel is always lit up. Like, you would think people notice if he did it very far in advance. You know, hey, you got some windows broken or some shit. Unless he did it right before he started shooting and then there wasn't time for anybody to notify or notice him, I guess. Yeah. That's a weird aspect, too. Well, I did see also another thing I came across was some late, just random video on YouTube. She went down and looked at the at the scene in the days afterwards. And there was actually, like, 13 windows out. There was... Six missing on the west side and five on the south side of Mandalay. But there's also storage rooms that they probably don't want light in that are just blocked off. There's also like vents that they could want in there that appear to be blocked off windows or broken windows. And they were just, cl- they, it was clean cut. It wasn't like broken windows or anything. It was just. A blacked out pane of glass hmm. is what it looked like. Strange. I wonder if there's anything to that. Yeah, that's weird too. Uh, was there any? Uh, well, you mentioned helicopters. Would you? Would you? Would you find out? About, I I did see this too. This is one I was very t- like. It's the most intriguing. But I don't. God, I just. It's one of those things. You're like, okay, that's too far fetched. I don't want to go after that and I wasn't until I came across a video I will include that in the podcast video it is clearly very clearly undeniable a helicopter flying right in front of Mandalay Bay undeniably a helicopter you can see it clear as day 
It's a helicopter. Okay. At what time? When? When is? When? Is I don't know what time it was, but it was dur- like you can hear the guy, the recorders. They were, I want to say, it would be. They would have been straight. No- they would have been north. North of the Mandalay Bay, so they were looking like the Mandalay Bay was kind of like this, and he was shooting out of here and here. These people would have been up here between the Luxor, the Luxor Casino, and Mandalay Bay. Okay, or on the other side. So I mean, Luxor shooting. would have been in between them. So he was shooting, and a helicopter flew by. Okay, what's the what's the theory here? There's flight data and radar that don't show any of these helicopters were supposed they were they didn't show up on this flight data there was just south i want to say south yes just south of mandalay bay three helicopters departed maverick helicopters at 9:40 at the same time they just all lift up take off they all go north on the sa- on the, the same line at about 9.52, they come back around. They all stop right behind Mandalay Bay and turn off their transponders at 9.52. So they are no longer on radar. They are no longer on recorded flight data. And that's that transponder is off for the entirety of the shooting. And then... Later on, after the shooting, their call signs show back up in different places where they had already, like, they had landed, but not at Maverick Helicopters. And there's eight more that take off with the same call signs, but show up as different aircraft, and they all take off towards the north. So during the shooting... Flight data shows no aircraft in the area of Mandalay Bay. But video footage clearly shows helicopters in the area and what suspiciously looks like muzzle flashes from these helicopters. It showed one helicopter or multiple helicopters? I saw a lot of footage that people claim that it was helicopters. Though that could be debatable. The one that I saw from the people that were looking on the others from like from the north towards the Mandalay Bay from across the Luxor. That was just the that was the only helicopter that was undeniably a helicopter. Right. Like it flies right it probably flies across I want to say it's probably about the height of the fifteenth, twentieth floor of the Mandalay Bay. Would there be any reason for a helicopter to be... I mean, I know there was an airport right there. Would there be any reason for a helicopter to be there? Like, where would... That seems pretty odd. I I agree, very odd. They'd be... Well, I mean, that is not in and of itself not anything damning, but the fact that they turned off transponders or whatever you call them is very, very suspicious. Like, I can see glitches or whatever in this particular flight data software or whatever just watch because just watching the footage of it it clicks in and off now and then but it's just the fact that these three these three helicopters take off from the same spot they follow the same route they all come back 
They stop right behind Mandalay Bay, and they all turn off their transponders at the same time. Yeah, if that's true. That's that's fucky to me. That's a question I would like answered. If that's true, that's very, very suspicious. Uh, Because what are the chances of that happening within minutes of uh, the worst mass shooting in, you know, modern history? Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't add up. That's very, very, very strange. I had seen other things too that I got into the real crazy conspiracy shit. That again, the prince of a prince of Saudi Arabia or whatever. He was staying there that night, mm-hmm. and they thought he was going to be assassinated, and that's how he was evacuated with the helicopters. With helicopters or some shit. Yeah, I bet that Mandalay Bay. You suppose Mandalay Bay or the hotels have. Uh, Helipads on top of them? I would bet they do. I bet we can find out real quick. I'm I'm positive. I bet I'm sure they do. They got a lot of high rollers coming in there, and I'm sure they're uh, equipped with stuff like that. There are two helipads that are next door to casinos, but not part of the property. Hmm. So if there's helipads there, theoretically they would have. I mean, helicopters would have a reason to be there, but the fact that they did what you described is very suspicious. Yes. If not extremely, extremely suspicious, almost damning. That's, yeah, that's weird as hell. Like before, and before I came across this, I was watching, I came across another uh, channel on YouTube that's been investigating this for years and years. They have tons of stuff posted on their YouTube they're initially where I, I came across the helicopter theory. And there was a lot of um, badge cam footage that they said to have, that they pointed out instances where, like, this badge cam corresponds this with this one. You can see muzzle flashes in the air from both of these badge cams at the same exact time. And I wanted to discount it because I came across another some other things that they posted on that channel where I was just like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. But then I looked, then I came across that one video that showed the helicopter, and I was like, that's a helicopter. <laughs> so I was then I was a little bit intrigued. Yeah, that's that's weird. Send me that video if you happen to run across. I think I'll, I'll I'll try to include that one in the video okay. in the podcast. I don't know how much of this stuff we should... <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're going to get throttled any harder, I guess. No, no. Do you have any other things you feel like we definitely should bring up? Uh, not, not off the top of my head. I don't know. My notes were terrible on this because I'd come across one thing and jot it down and then go on to 17 other f***ing things. The... One very weird thing, too, is several people who were at the scene of the shooting when it occurred were also present during a November a November 2018 mass shooting, so this would have been afterward, at the Borderline Barn Grill in Thousand Oaks, California, with le- which left 13 dead, including the gunman. Um, one person said the number of L- uh, Las Vegas shooters at the bar may have been as high as 60. It was confirmed that a survivor of the Las Vegas shooting had died in the Thousand Oaks shooting. So, like, these instances are extremely, extremely, extremely rare. But there was also 20,000 people at yeah. 
at the Las Vegas uh, shooting. So that does seem very strange, though. And, and and also Thousand Oaks, California. I don't know how far away that is. It, it's probably not that terrible far. So, I mean, but that's how bad would that suck? He survived the one shooting and then only to go get shot in another one. Like the chances right. of that, like the chances of you dying in a mass shooting in the U.S. are like getting struck by lightning. But then you you know you're within two but then again there are people that get struck by lightning multiple times too so yeah um did we mention uh, maybe i mentioned it at the beginning the the taxi cab yeah we mentioned that a little bit the video of the taxi the lady in the, the taxi lady cab. in the taxi cab at the porch yeah we mentioned that well, yeah we kind of touched on it just very briefly she was just she didn't show you could just hear shots yeah that was very and clearly it, like right above her yeah, and then I think there might have been one instance of muzzle flash in one of them. And there's a lot of people that speculate there was some muzzle flash on, like, the fourth floor. But apparently there was there's some sort of system in place where something is happening in a room. I think there's some sort of light that goes off in it. So there, people are speculating that that... I, I read been, that was a strobe light. Yeah. It's been a strobe light or something like that. That there was, it was a party or some shit, but... yeah. Why would a strobe light go off in one, or if it was an alarm, go off in one sing, single room? What good is that going to do? Well, that it would alert them to what exact room it is. From so, the exterior. Or, and I suppose maybe there's one on the outside of the hallway, too, when there's like a, if a alarm goes off in the outside, in the inside of the room. Yeah, that could be. I don't know, though. I'm just speculating on this one. but That could be. But, I, yeah, I didn't, like, I remember seeing that video when this, when this all first happened, and I was like, ooh. Right. That's it. And I totally forgot about it until I came across it again the other day. And I watched that video from the beginning to end and I saw that muzzle flash. And it, thinking back, like, it corresponds perfectly with, with gunshots. Right. And then I also came across that video. I think it was that video. It was in the comments of that video where I was telling you there was 13 windows that were out. It showed them replacing or covering the windows that were shot out from Paddock's room from 134. And it showed how easily the windows were removed and replaced. They covered Paddock's room and closed up. There was people in the floor above and people in the floor below Paddock's room. They covered Paddock's room and closed the two, the two rooms above and below in 55 seconds. They removed those windows, or they put the windows back in 55 seconds. So it's not that hard for those windows to be. I wonder what sort of how that all works. Removed. And obviously, I mean, you need some like tools and specialty shit, and you got to know how to do it. It's not like anybody can just be like, oh, I'm going to open the window. But mm -hmm. it can be done, and it can be done pretty quickly. Yeah, was there any glass in inside the of course if he's hitting the hitting the window, it's going to bust it all out Genu generally. But you I think mean, there'd still be some some shards or stuff inside the room. Yeah, I never saw any uh evidence of I didn't either. I didn't either. Um Yeah, well I, I don't know. Ultimately, the the only thing that's really, like I said, usually if there's some strange situation going on, generally there's a a a, a reason for it, a solution for it. But that whole helicopter thing, that's freaking, that's just. No, it's bizarre. That's extremely bizarre. 
And maybe there's a perfectly good explanation for that too. Who knows? Um, but that's just very strange. And yeah, like I said, that's one I discounted almost immediately watching the helicopter thing. It's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's just too far. But then I saw that one video. No, that's, that's a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty There's wild. some odd flashes coming from it. Hmm. But again, I never heard any gunfire in those, in that clip though, either. Right. And you could hear all the gunfire that's happening. But then again, that's not to say that there wasn't suppressors or something. Suppressors and subsonic, subsonic ammunition. Maybe you never know. And with like, usually though, as, as lit up as, as Vegas is, like you would think if a helicopter is high enough, you wouldn't see it at night. But usually if it's as lit up as Las Vegas is, you would, you think people would see them. But then again, maybe they weren't just looking up and, and weren't paying attention or something. I don't know. But you said too that there were people that saying there was helicopters around. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk to someone that was actually there. Yeah, I think there was somebody from Iowa that was. They that were was from uh, Sutherland. Oh, it's like really? fifteen minutes away from from uh, not fifteen, but twenty minutes away from Royal. Where I was living. That was killed there. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild between here and Royal. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, you got any uh, closing thoughts or anything, Box? There is a lot to this. <laughs> this there whole is. situation. There is. And if you guys have listened to this and you feel you come across more, something that we missed, some sort of damning or some some explanation for something that we brought up, please, please let us know because we're always interested in in stuff like that. I wonder how many people that listen to this are going to be uh, intrigued by this and do their own investigation. I'm not going to lie. I was up till 1 o'clock last night reading, like watching De- ba- or body cam footage and reading reports. And <laughs> See, I watched some body cam footage, but it was all pretty boring. Like I didn't. Oh, yeah. There's just nothing... Like it wasn't that the, the exciting stuff was all the the cell phone video of you know the stuff happening, but yeah, that's I mean that's not there's not much in there. Like I was trying no, to they find deleted a ton of that shit. Yeah, well, I wonder if it's still there on like Live Leaks or whatever. I've searched a few videos on Live Leaks and I didn't find anything. I the one channel I did find was what I was talking about was uh, posted on Arfcom. and it's not like a popular channel. The videos on his channel only got like a. F- a few likes or a few views here and there. I don't really want to shout it out because I don't want them all to get uh, taken down, but he's got hours and hours and hours of badge cam footage that he got from the police department. Hmm. I mean, I only watched a handful of videos and a lot, most of like the longest ones are 30 minutes long. There's a couple in there that are three hours long. Wow. But there's tons of footage in there that maybe I'll, uh, I don't know how to share that with anybody without <laughs> getting it fucking taken down. Well, I don't know, maybe I'll keep it in the private Discord or something. Yeah, if you're interested, if you're intrigued by it, let us know, and we may we can uh, hook you up with it. Unless you're, you're a government person, no, we don't want yeah. you. We don't want your kind around here. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, I just uh, this doesn't doesn't answer any questions. I think I'm just con- just as confused as uh, the the beginning. Uh, when I started the research, actually, no, I I have a more better understanding of it, and I I I'm just confused in a different kind of way now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very 
you answer some questions, but then it raises just as many. So, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a fine line between reasonable and hardcore conspiracy shit that's yeah. very tough to walk on this in this particular case. Definitely, especially since it's been five years since this happened. You know, there's been so many time for him to take so much stuff down and crazy people to put so much stuff up. So, but yeah, it was, uh, let us know what you think about it, uh, what your personal opinion is, or if you have any, uh, different uh, information that we don't have at this point, we're always intrigued by that stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out box. Any closing thoughts? No. Um, maybe if you want us to, if you guys really like this episode, let us know and maybe we'll, continue to look into it a little bit more there's far too much information for us to cover in one episode and we're not organized enough to do something like that but if there's some stuff that you uh want us to look further into or if you're intrigued by it, let us know and we will because this was yeah or i don't know this is the kind of stuff i can go down a real rabbit hole here i had 37 tabs open here and <laughs> welcome to my normal home. life well not that bad i usually have 10 open but or if you like, uh, there's any other um, events or anything you happen that you would like us to look into. We are always intrigued to to do some of that stuff. So, guys, thanks for sticking around. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can help support the show on our subscribe star. Just go to subscribestar.com, search "Life Short, Live Free." Um, you can help support the show for less than a cup of coffee a day, and we also give you perks. There's, we're not just asking for for donations from you. We're going to give you some goodies. So check that out. Also, check out lifeshortlivefree.com. You can download the app, and you can join uh, our forum and our Discord on there. And the Discord is is always hopping. There's always stuff going on there. So make sure you give give that a try. Make sure you check out our sponsors as well, ballisticimagery.com, as well as on uh, Facebook, and Shyworks at shyworks.com, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I think maybe I'll put the Discord link on our website. Yeah. In the, uh, along with the download the app for you iPhone users or you people that don't want to download the app. If you want to join the Discord, I'll throw it in there on the website. Yep. Yep. Go ahead and do that. That way we can get you. But yeah, you can, you can, so if you have an iPhone, you can't get our app because, uh, it's expensive and hard to do. But if you have an Android, you certainly can. Um, but yeah, like if you're, if you have an Apple or an iPhone, you can just join the Discord right there and, Still be connected with us. So, yeah, guys, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you. So we talk to you next time. Oh, yeah. Um, this is, is this the last episode, Box? Yeah, this is the last, last episode of the-, of the season. We have one more coming up on Wednesday. That's Gears and Beers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got one more of this season going on. This is the last uh, LSLF episode. But I will be, I'm sure I'll do some live streams and some stuff over the course. And we'll come back in January, so... His only fans will be active that whole month. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, yep, we'll, uh, we're taking some time off, but don't worry. I'll still be putting out a little bit of content for you to, to entertain you guys. So, guys, thanks for hanging out. Until we talk to you next time, remember, life short with three. God bless. God bless the United States of America. From the ATF. Feel the NFL.